It is the micro actions every day over and over and over again that make the huge differences months or years down the road rather than like making this one huge financial move or like doing one crazy workout per week. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show, the last Fi Show episode of this year, 2022. And we wanted to take today to kind of reflect on 2022 and just talk about all the different things that changed, some intentional, some not. But before we get into that, let me check in my co-host, Justin. What is going on, man? Hey, Cody. Yeah, I'm still down here in Mississippi. Really, the biggest highlight that I wanted to go over is this kind of really silly but super fun tradition that we've started doing for Christmas Day. So there's a local wrestling organization. And obviously, Cody, we've been to a wrestling show together. <laughs> you can imagine what a small rural Mississippi wrestling organization is like. And it's exactly like what you're thinking. Like it's pretty, it's pretty redneck. It's pretty wild. The crowd is insane. You're inches from the ring when you're sitting by the side. So we buy tickets in advance because there's like 15 of us that go and we take up the whole front row right next to the ring and we just give the wrestlers heck and we heckled <laughs> them and we just have a good time. And it's hilarious like watching the crowd. It's hilarious like how bad some of the wrestling is, but there's some of them that are actually legit. But um, it's just it's a really good time. I love Christmas. I love getting to be come back home, see all the family, see some of my my friends that I grew up with having a really good time getting to kind of recharge. Our company actually lets us off the entire week after Christmas, regardless of if you're like putting in for vacation or not, you're just kind of off the, everything shut down that week. So it's a good time to recharge. How about you, Cody? For sure. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Christmas as well. I just love the holidays. I love spending time with family and friends and overeating. I've been definitely hitting the gym pretty hard this week because I always overeat at every single holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, you name it, but it's well worth it. And something I realized this Christmas, I had told Lauren, my fiance, that you know we didn't want, really want to do too many physical gifts, and she didn't really want physical gifts either. And so I kind of gave like experience gifts to everyone that I cared about instead of physical gifts, and it just like felt so much better. And the looks on their faces were so much more priceless. And instead of giving like you know some random thing like the blender or the knife set that nobody needs, giving them a vacation or giving them the chance to do like level 99, which is this like fun arcade thing. There's just like so many more memories made. And I feel like giving experience based gifts for me now, now that I kind of know I'm not like a gift giving person, actually, me and Lauren this year, we can, I guess, talk about this, but we like did some reading and like relationship work, not in a bad way, just kind of figuring out what we liked. And we read the five love languages, we both figured out that like gift giving isn't our thing. We like spending time with each other. We like experiences. We like things like that. So that was just a nice shift for me this year. I really didn't buy many physical gifts at all. I bought a little trinkety things for my small cousins, but all the meaningful gifts I gave to people were experience based. So that was a cool shift for me. Yeah, that's an awesome realization about like knowing, you know, what actually matters to you and what doesn't. And the experience gifts are when you can find people who are willing to do those or like, you know, like with Leslie we generally always do the experience gifts for our anniversary, like something we can both enjoy together. Sometimes like for my parents, I feel like I struggle with that a little bit just because like there's not always something that they want to do. But like when my dad actually did that this year, probably 15 years ago, I gave him like an IOU that I wanted to take him to this like state park and uh, spend a night at one of these cabins because we did that one time when I was younger. 
So we're actually doing that this week. We're going up and I got an Airbnb instead of the cabin at the state park, but it's a cabin and it's kind of about 45 minutes from here. And uh, we're just going to go up there and hang out and just spend some like quality time together. So definitely agree with the experience gifts. Love that, man. Yeah, I took a vacation with my mom and brother down to Savannah, Georgia, and it was like the first time in 10 years we'd all hung out. I'm like, this is so much better than whatever physical gift I would give you guys. Like this means so much more to me and to them. And to all your listeners out there, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. And real quick, just a reference point for anyone who wants to re-listen to this episode, share this episode. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff in here, both financial, physical, mental, like everything you could possibly think of. You can grab the show notes and share this episode at thefyshow.com slash 22. That's thefyshow.com slash 22. But already, Justin, let's kind of start this thing off and kick this thing off. We don't really know. We kind of have a very loose schedule here, so we don't know exactly what direction we're going to go in. I know I had kind of planned out, like I had a vision board that I made at the end of last year for our Etsy printables group. It was a lot of fun. So I have some structure here, but I'm happy to bounce around wherever. I know you mentioned you had some like unexpected things that happened to you in 2022 that you didn't necessarily plan. So I guess I'll let you kick this thing off. What are some of those uh, unexpected things if you want to just cherry pick and talk about one of them? Yeah, I would say one thing would be like finding more joy at work. Like I know you've got some things like with some of the programs that you're running and some of the improvements you've made. For me, you know, with work, it was never a bad job. It was always like pretty easy, but I kind of felt like I was floating and I didn't feel like I was really like engaged. It took me a little bit and I realized, you know, I think I really want to be more of like internal. Like I want to be managing people more than I want to just be working with customers. I think I just realized that that would be a lot more rewarding to me. And so I did the things I needed to do and and pushed and, and got that job and got that manager position. And so now I manage a team of seven people and like, yeah, I actually do work a lot more now, but I'm actually a lot happier than I was even when I wasn't working as much. Like it's fulfilling work. I'm constantly seeing people have problems in front of them that I'm helping them get past. And it's just like a a really awesome kind of dopamine cycle where, you know, you're just like getting this instant feedback that you're actually helping someone. Because sometimes when it's an external customer, they just like don't let you help them. Like they don't want to give you the time of day. But when it's somebody who you've built a relationship with and they they do need your help, it's pretty constant that you're getting to actually see progress. And it also did make some progress in the financial parts as well between getting promoted and then just like some merit raises and things I actually increased my salary by about 23% this year, which was awesome too. Yeah, that's huge. And I feel like it's an important point to make is that you probably wouldn't have felt as comfortable gunning for that internal management role if you didn't already have this like huge nest egg, this huge cushion that you were sitting on, especially amongst all the layoffs nowadays. It's like, I know me when I was in my corporate job, I was not going to like push for them to like sit me in this role that I really wanted. Because I was scared. Like, I didn't have this like huge nest egg that I could just fall back on and say, screw you guys. I got FU money. Like, I can go out and do my own thing. So, did that play a part in this? I think it definitely did. I think it's definitely made me a better employee just having that mentality that I'm doing what I want to do because of like wanting to do a good job and wanting to do the right thing and wanting to take care of the people who I'm around and not trying to climb a ladder. I actually think it's made me a, a better employee. Like if you watch office space, you know, it's kind of funny when he stops caring, like all of a sudden he starts like progressing in his career. I'm always very open too. like, I had a conversation with my boss and we were talking about it and I was like, don't worry. Like I'm not, it's not like I'm quitting next week or anything, you know, but we started talking about personal finance stuff, like getting to know each other better. 
And I told him, I was like, you know, for me, like, I just don't do stuff to try to climb the ladder. Like, that's not me. Like, I don't need to. I don't want to. Like, if somebody doesn't like the job I'm doing, that's fine. Like, they can fire me if they need to. Like, I just very open and honest. And we're actually, our company is going through an acquisition. And if you're interested in like business type things like that, it's kind of wild because it's a, it's like a $69 billion acquisition. So it's one of the largest acquisitions you'll ever see. It's going through tons of like scrutiny and all this sort of stuff. But anytime companies are merging, it makes people get really nervous about their job security. And, you know, he told me he's like out of the 60 something people in my kind of job set, that part of the organization, you know, he's like, you're probably the only one who's not a little like scared right now, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. Like, it's not like my lights are going to get turned off if I, if I don't have this job tomorrow kind of thing. You're like, have you read Saving Sherpa blog? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, actually I did. I I sent him a link to the blog and the podcast and uh, he was loving it. But um, yeah, so I think, I think you're right. I think it does definitely help having that kind of free mentality. And I actually think that I'm a better employee for it. Yeah, because I, I feel the same way. It's something that happened this year. We, in our, my main business, Gold City Ventures with Julie, where we teach people how to create and sell digital products. We like over 3X'd our revenue this year, which was just absolutely insane. But what it's done is just like given me so much more confidence to try new things and to not be scared. And it's like, it's just such a different mindset than I was in back in 2018 when it was all like, I need to side hustle my way to leave this corporate job, pay the bills, and I'm just going to like grind, grind, grind. Now it's like, okay, I have enough passive cash flow coming in every month to cover my expenses. How can I make this fun for me? How can I try something new? So that's something in 2022 I've definitely spent a lot more time on. We thought of like new creative business ideas within Gold City Ventures. We've added on different courses and offerings and just like really tightened up our processes. And it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a big challenge. And obviously any worthwhile project is going to have its challenges. But I think just having that cash reserve, having the monthly cash flow come in where I have enough experimental freedom to try new things, it's been really refreshing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like you said, I mean, the freedom to not be scared oftentimes makes you do things that are really great ideas that you just wouldn't pull the trigger on because you had something holding your back. And I feel like even for the Fi show this year, Justin, I know we don't probably treat the Fi show as the business that it is. And this thing has just been growing and growing and growing every single year. But like we changed the cover art. We signed with like a new podcast ad network. We've done like a lot of changes behind the scenes. And it's it's really fun to just like kind of see how we've been able to progress and grow. And not one month has it been like, oh, our downloads are way down. Like every single month, we've just been stacking on listener after listener. So thank you guys for listening. And it's been so fun to continue to do this. So that's kind of like, business stuff. Those are pretty much the two businesses I spend the most time on, online business anyway. And then real estate was one of the things that I had on my vision board. So with real estate, I just I just wanted to learn more things. I wanted to get exposure. That was the main reason I got into real estate. We had so many people on the podcast, Justin, James and Emily. I know I always mention them, our good friends, retired at 28 and 29, 27, 28. Oh man, they're going to kill me for that. But they retired <laughs> super early from real estate. And I'm like, you know, I'll just give this a try. That was honestly the reason I wanted to give it a shot. It's because so many other people were doing it. So many other people were retiring early. Got a couple of properties under my belt. And this year was like the first year I started to kind of like experiment within real estate, even though I'd only been doing it for two years. Got two Airbnbs under my belt now. I'm currently doing a flip. It should hopefully close in January or February of 2023. I've just been learning so much stuff. And I know we've talked about this a million times, like you through the home buying process and me as well. We listen to so many people. We've read so many blogs. We have so many people on our podcast that we get to ask questions to that have hundreds of properties or like they're the best at this one thing. But until you do it yourself, 
you have no idea what you don't know. So that's been really fun for me is like just kind of acquiring new skills within real estate. Like it's it's not making a huge difference. Like even if I do make good money on the flip and I am making pretty good money from Airbnb, like the reason I do it isn't for that. Like I could probably make more money if I just double down in one thing in online business, but it's fun. And being able to experiment, I, I think anyone, if you have the capacity, if you have the time to just try different side hustles, try your hand at different things, whether that's online business or real estate or Justin, we can actually get into some of the side hustly potential business stuff in the future that you've been sending me texts and pictures about. Like, <laughs> I just feel like gaining and acquiring and trying new things and adding new skills to your repertoire is such a slept on thing, not only to like increase your financial earning capacity, but also just like to stimulate your brain and to get better in other areas of your life. Like you'd never know what's going to spill over into maybe your day job or it's going to spill over into your relationships that you learn from like a random side hustle that you pick up. So that's just something that's been a lot of fun for me. And I think I'm, I am going to give myself a thumbs up on that one on the vision board. I, I did get a little deeper into the real estate rabbit hole and tried some new things. Yeah. And for me with real estate, like it's something, you know, I've definitely always kicked myself for not getting deeper into it. And it's, it is something that is like important to me and I want to do more of. Obviously, I bought my primary residence last year. And the plan for that was to try to get it to a point where, because we travel so much, like to get it where it pays for itself and get it on Airbnb. And and I didn't hit the targets that I wanted to there, but I have also learned so much. And like there were some problems that we had with the house that we didn't really foresee. And now we've getting those fixed, but everything's fine. And like we're learning, we're learning more about the home buying process. We're learning more about things maybe we should have looked out for that we didn't. And also there's all these other little skills that come along with it. Like I've been getting a lot more into woodwork because we have a house and we've got like, Hey, like I want some floating shelves. Like, let me build some, like I want a kitchen table. Like, let me just build one. And it's opening up all these things that if I need to tap into after I stop like having a full-time day job, like I absolutely can. And it's something that's brings me a lot of joy and excitement and, and kind of like what you were saying, Cody, I mean, is building tables like probably the most efficient way for me to like build wealth probably not but i love it <laughs> and like if it if it pays for itself like why not there's probably nothing that i do that i'm more excited to share with people than when i've got a new project done like whether it be some of my wall art or like some of like i said like the tables and the bench that i made or like when we redid our pergola like it's that kind of stuff that i get giddy about like that i just want to show people pictures of well, even you, Justin, have said sometimes you're like, I'm not that entrepreneurial, like I'm not super into side hustles, but like you are such a tinkerer at different stuff. And I feel like <laughs> acquiring all those skills, like you got a laser cutter and you know how to build all these crazy things. And I remember like you were just showing me some casual thing that you built when I came over. And I'm like, I literally would have no idea how to do that. <laughs> so even I think entrepreneurship comes in different forms. Like it doesn't have to be business building. I think you can be an entrepreneur if you're just building skills. And then eventually you can monetize those skills if you want. But you're in the position now where you can either build shells for fun or you can make a little side hustle hobby out of it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's something that like I've always tried to be, I guess, I don't know, like maybe fair to myself that I know if I didn't have a full time job and I needed the money, I'm pretty confident that I could build something that would create an income stream. I do believe in myself enough to think like if all these other people can do it, like I've got enough skills and enough smarts to do it myself. I think that the kind of career that I've built for myself has if I'm being honest with myself, like made me a little lazy in those areas. Like it's taken away that need, right? And they say like necessity, the mother of invention, like that's true, whether it's building an actual invention or whether it's like creating a business or an income stream, like when you need it to work, you're going to be a lot more motivated to make it work. And I just haven't needed it to work, but it's something that 
I do believe I will get into. And I've, that's another thing I was going to talk about, actually, with 2022 and things like you've seen yourself get better at and you're trying to get better at. And being patient is one of them. Like being patient is definitely one of them. Like I struggle with that sometimes. Like I have things in my head, like the way I want them to be done and et cetera, et cetera. And when I'm interacting with other people, sometimes, you know, I'm like, ah, just let me do it, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I, I, I know exactly what I want to do and I can get it done faster. And, and whether it be managing people and trying to let them learn and struggle on their own a little bit and not just hand them the answer or whether it being like personal life and relationships, I've tried to get be a lot more patient. Also, not like beating myself up on this path to financial independence. Like, obviously, we interview some people who've done it at crazy ages and I'm 32 and I am financially independent, but I haven't stopped working. And sometimes like I struggle with that. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm kind of behind, which is crazy to do. <laughs> I mean, like I'm 32. Like, it's OK. Like, it's you know, I didn't start working until I was 24. I worked for the government for like no money. Like, you know, it's OK. Like, it's OK that I'm 32 and 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 getting pretty close to pulling the trigger. So I think that's, you know, being a little bit more fair to myself, of forgiving for myself, being a little more patient. That's definitely a soft skill I've worked on. And so I think that I'm going to end up in a good place with some of these side hustles and like with real estate. So actually tomorrow I'm going to look at a a triplex in, in uh, Mississippi. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think that I'm going to make I think there's a good chance I'm going to make an aggressive offer. And if they take it, then cool. Like I'll get a little bit more exposure. I mean, if not, you know, whatever, I'll keep having more at bats. Yeah. Just adding skills to the tool belt. Something you said there though, that I think is so important and something I really realized this year was the patience thing. And I actually really liked that episode. We had a couple back with Brian Lubin talking about inputs and outputs, lag versus lead measures. And I mean, we can go into so many topics with this. It's like personal finance, fitness. Let's talk about fitness. Cause I saw the picture of you and Cabo, Justin, and it looks like you lost 10% body fat. And, you know, that's something I've kind of realized this year is like whether it's dieting, getting in better shape, whether it's getting good with your finances, it is the micro actions every day over and over and over again that make the huge differences months or years down the road rather than like making this one huge financial move or like doing one crazy workout per week. It's so much better to just have like a pretty solid diet and a pretty solid workout routine. And you're going to look a lot better than the person who just like works out for six hours one day a week. <laughs> it just it just doesn't work like that. So I don't know if you could talk about that because it seems like that's something that's been pretty important to you. And I know you've been going to the F45 stuff lately and we can bring this back to finance, fitness, whatever you want. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate Yeah, I'm definitely in the like the leanest I've been ever. I mean, I probably haven't been this light as far as weight since I was in the like sixth or seventh grade. Cause I was like, <laughs> I, I was full grown in the seventh grade. Like I was basically six foot in the seventh grade and, um, <laughs> and, and, and not like a very healthy weight. So it's been a, you know, it's been a long time since I've been down in this kind of weight range, but it's not just about the weight. You know, I was, I'm also just as strong or stronger than I was when I was like earlier this year when I was probably 190. And that was really important to me to hit it from both angles and to focus more on body fat percentage, like you said, than focusing on like weight. I got to give Leslie a lot of credit. You know, she found this F45 gym, this workout, you know, they do workout classes. It's a pretty big chain. It was actually started in Australia. It's not CrossFit, I wouldn't say, and it, but it's also not like an Orange Theory Fitness. It's got a lot more weights involved in Orange Theory Fitness. But at the same time, it's not like you're trying to like hang cleans for speed the way you do 
I feel like sometimes with CrossFit, sorry, CrossFitters, if that's a, <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's like an insult, but there's just certain things with CrossFit that didn't fit for me. It felt like I was maybe going to injure myself or I, I just didn't feel like I could slow down and do the form the way I wanted to. But anyways, they're super structured. Every class is different. They are 45 minutes long. It's like a mile and a half from our house so we can ride our bike down there. We go at least five days a week. Sometimes we go seven days a week, but generally five days a week. I like to skip the cardio days, if I'm being honest, <laughs> and do and do more of the weight days. But no workout is the same. So that's really good for me, keeping it really mixed up. And it's also like an awesome community. Everybody like lives really close to us. And we've become friends with a lot of the trainers. And that's been a big part of it, too. It's an expensive gym. Like it's not something I would have ever thought like, yeah, I'll pay whatever, like 150 bucks a month to have a gym. I would have never imagined that. But it's doing what I've never been able to do on my own, which is be consistent because uh, I have all the stuff to work out in my garage. and I never use it. So is it the most cost effective way of getting in shape? Absolutely not. But it's working. And so for me, that's worth it. When we knew we were going to Mexico, it, it kind of worked out perfectly because the local gym was having an eight week challenge. And so what I did is I decided whatever happens, happens. I want to put my work in kind of like we've talked about, like you control the inputs, but you can't really control the outputs. So I want to really control the inputs. So I put together a spreadsheet, of course, because I love spreadsheets. And I actually put in every single thing that I ate for the eight weeks. There's maybe like four or five days across the eight weeks that I that I didn't log accurately. But, you know, I'm trying to put in my calories, my like macros, so your proteins, your carbs and your fats. And, you know, I had targets that I wanted to hit. And I was like, you know what, if I do all these things, I won't be mad at myself. Like whatever comes out on the other end, I did my part. And I got myself into the best shape I've ever been in. And I was like super confident getting, you know, taking pictures on the beach and stuff, which has not been traditional for me. Like I grew up as a, a chunky kid. I was an offensive lineman in high school. Like that's not me. But like having people, you know, reach out to me and comment on it and stuff like it feels good. Like it feels good to, to be in a, a confident place. So, yeah, it was definitely not something I saw coming into 2022, but it is something that has really changed my life um, as far as having that community and that gym that I'm going to consistently. And also another big thing that, you know, I haven't really talked about much on the show. I've basically not drank alcohol since the end of April. I mean, I've had a couple drinks here and there. Like I still like to try stuff for like taste because I do love bourbons and things and try something I've never had before but not really like drinking, drinking for the heck of it, you know? So that obviously takes a lot of calories off your plate too. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory, they have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth, one dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools that you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fyshow, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash fyshow to take your retail business to the next level today. 
shopify.com slash fyshow. Now back to the show. Seriously, man, it's a noticeable difference. So got to give kudos where kudos is due. I think it all goes back to the patience thing, though, because you could probably have done exactly what you're doing, cut out alcohol, work out at F45, watch your calories for a month, and you probably really wouldn't notice too much of a difference. Maybe you'd be like, oh, you know, this, these genes are kind of loose, but like it's doing it for a year that makes the real results. And it's the same thing with investing. I just pulled up a compound interest calculator because we're both nerds and I was curious. <laughs> it's like if you invest $20 a day in a year, it's going to be not too much. It's going to be $600 a month. That's just $7,200 going to the stock market. Let's say the stock market has like a normal year. You're not even going to have 8500 bucks. Like it's it's really not much. But if you do that for 35 years and you just literally invest $20 a day, you're going to end up with $1.25 million at retirement, assuming an 8% interest rate. So it's like doing the right inputs over and over and over again. That is how all of the super athletes, the super wealthy, that's how everyone does it. It's It's just the same repetitive inputs again and again and again. I think that's really important for this year specifically too, because like I invest a lot like in, into the stock market because I'm not, I haven't put money into real estate and stuff like that. Like I'm doing the full, you know, max mega backdoor. So over 60 K there, the regular IRA, like I'm maxing out everything. And I haven't made a lot of progress in my investments over the last year is what it looks like on paper. Now you got to remember though, that there's a boomerang coming at some point, there's going to be a slingshot that happens where you're shoving all this money in while the market's down 20%. And it looks like you haven't made any progress. But in like five years, that money that you put in there when the market was down 20% is just going to take off like a rocket. And so I actually, weirdly enough, was pretty excited about the downturn. (laughs) I knew that before I retired, I really wanted the economy to kind of reset and to plummet a little bit. Because my mindset is, if I've got enough money to retire with the markets down 20%, then I'm not going to have any concerns. Like if the market has been doing nothing but go up, I know, honestly, you know, I just know myself that there's going to be that thing in the back of my head that says, ah, is this really enough? Because like, what if the market drops 20%? But when it's already down 20% and I've got those numbers, I got a lot more confidence and it is just being patient and not thinking, oh, everything I thought I knew is wrong and I need to change. It's like, no, it's just, we haven't had a recession in a long time and uh, these happen. So this is part of the journey. Absolutely. One thing you said a little while ago when you were talking about it's probably not the most cost efficient way to work out is F45. Of course it's not. You could just do it for free in your living room or whatever. The cheapest way you could possibly do it with just bands. You don't even buy dumbbells. And that's something this year I have really kind of came out of my frugal shell a little bit, not in a bad way. I'm not driving like a Lamborghini and I didn't buy a mansion. Like I'm still house hacking, driving the same paid off car. But I've paid a lot more for convenience this year. And that's something I never, ever would have done before. Like I'll pay a little bit extra to be closer to the city center when I'm staying in a new city. I'll pay a little bit extra to maybe go out to eat or get takeout rather than cooking at home when I'm on vacation. I'll pay a little bit extra for you name it. It's just like it's kind of this mindset shift. And it has honestly made like a pretty big impact on not my my happiness, but just I see the value now in spending a little bit more money to either get time back or to get like convenience. And again, like back 2018, Cody would scoff at some of the things I pay for nowadays, but they're totally worth it to me. An example, Justin, you're going to shudder at this one is Lauren and I get a butcher box subscription, which is like $165 a month for our meat, which is probably more than you spend on all your groceries combined. But 
we know we're getting like the best quality meat possible. And like Lauren's really into public health. And so at the end of the day, it's worth it for us. Even though 2018, Cody, I would never, ever, like I was buying the 99 cent chicken that was about to expire. That was, that was <laughs> me to a T. But now, now we pay for the better stuff because we have more money coming in. And I am spending more money, but it's also discretionary stuff. Like if I had to just like cut all those convenience things tomorrow, I could, and I could go back to like bare bones living for a thousand or $1,200 a month. So I am paying for more expensive, more luxurious, more convenient things, but they're all things that I could just like shut off tomorrow. So that's, that's been a huge shift. And that was not something I had in my vision board. That's just been something as I've started to make more money and feel more confident with my financial independence that I'm like, you know what, maybe I can spend the extra hundred dollars on this thing. That's going to make my life a whole lot more convenient, or it's going to save me a ton of time. Yeah. And that's just another example. Like you've mentioned several things where it's just learning yourself, like learning what actually matters to you. And it's another reason why, you know, if you hear something that I do that's crazy and you think, oh my goodness, is that not like annoying to like have to go through all this work to do that? Like realize that we're not the same people. Like I get a lot of joy out of that. Like I'm like a little kid when I figure out some weird hack, even if it takes a little bit more work to save money, like it's fun for me. It's like this challenge that like I'm cursed with, <laughs> like I really enjoy it. But when there's those things that you don't enjoy and that you are, that you do really value and you want to put some money into, you absolutely should. And you shouldn't think, well, I don't know, like the community, what would the fire community say? It's like, no, like Mr. Money Mustache had like a Twitter thread about like asking people who actually got a good deal in a car. And I mentioned something and somebody replied and was like, I don't think like Mr. Money Mustache would approve of you buying like a new truck. And I'm like, uh, I don't care. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was uh, the question was like, who got a good deal in a new car? I did. And like, I really value this truck. It has made me very happy and I have a real reason for it and I've got a plan for it and all those sort of things. Like, don't worry about it. Like, and don't like sit there and compare yourself to others and and don't feel like you've got to fit some kind of mold for this like financial independent space. And it's also for those who, you know, the younger listeners, I think it's one of the coolest things about the older you get. Don't be scared of your thirties. Don't be scared of whatever the next year, every single year you learn yourself better and it makes that year better like it just makes everything better because you know yourself one thing i do know we both spend on that's discretionary and maybe we can recollect and kind of recap 2022 is travel so on this little vision board i have here i have like two types of travel i like to categorize them as like nature slash adventure travel that's more like hiking snowboarding trips things like that where i'm like kind of immersed in nature and then culture travel where i'm like going to a different country or somewhere that's just a vastly different culture, different people than what I'm used to, like Hawaii, for example. So I did a ton of travel this year. I don't know if you have a spreadsheet, Justin, I'm going to try to rattle off all the places I've done because I know this is a this is definitely a discretionary expense that both of us treasure and spend more money on than the Phi community would allow. So it's funny that you say like, I, I actually wish I've done it before in the past where I had like a Google Doc and I kept up with all the <laughs> I trips. I was hoping we you went, had the Google Doc. <laughs> we, we, we went on. I actually don't have it. It is such a good example of like how bad I am at remembering stuff when I don't track it like that. We were actually because, you know, we just got back from Mexico at the immigration stands, something like that. When you're getting into the country, they ask, is this the first time you've been to Mexico? And I was like, no, you know, I've been several times. And they're like, have you been this year? And I started to say no. And Leslie's like, we were there for like two weeks in March. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, that was this year? Like, you know, like it felt like so long ago because we do go on so many trips. I'll, I'll probably let you go and I'll try to think, but it's just one thing I've tried to get better at is not traveling so much and not feeling like this need that I need to be going somewhere all the time because we honestly 
got a little too extreme with it. Not that it was impacting our money at all. It was just too much. Like it's hard to enjoy a trip when you're like on a trip and you're planning your next trip and you're always on a trip, you know? So we have really tried to embrace our home a little more now that we have a home. And also because Leslie's like from Austin, like her hometown, like and and the, the local friends and things that we've made there, because that was the other thing we found that it was getting really hard to make like deep connections because we were never there. Like we were never there to to be that consistent friend. And so you find yourself like not always getting invited to things because people aren't thinking about you because you're, you're never there, which is totally fair. And so anyways, like I'll try to think of some of the places we've been, some of the memories that pop out, but we've actually tried to get a lot better at not traveling. That's interesting because Lauren and I were talking about the same thing. Like we don't like vacations where we're just like completely out of it. Like where you're just going to an all-inclusive for a week and getting like messed up and drinking every day and like overeating. Like we don't like that at all. The vacations that we really enjoy are the ones where we're in a place for two, three, four plus weeks. We kind of develop a routine. We're going to the gym. It's like almost not like a vacation. It's like you're living somewhere else. I know a lot of people Mm. like using the term slow travel. That's something that we have a lot planned for next year, 2023, and that we're hoping to do more of in the future rather than just like the four days in Florida where your body just hates you the next week. <laughs> because I'm just like, I, I don't need those in my life. Like I'd much rather go and experience a new culture or go hiking or snowboarding or whatever. So for me, yeah, we did a ton of travel this year. I'm, I think honestly, we might've done a little too much, but it's all right. So in January, I'm trying to think, I know I'm going to miss some here and Lauren's going to be like, how did you forget about that vacation? But it's because we did a lot of traveling this year. I don't think we did anything in January. We might have gone up just to like mountains in New Hampshire and Vermont and done a bunch of snowboarding trips, like weekend trips. Then in February, the beginning of February, anyway, we went to Aruba for a week. Toward end of February, we went to Park City, Utah for it was a week or 10 days. After that, we shared a trip in Mexico, Justin, like for two weeks in March. Then in April, we kind of took it easy. We didn't do any big trips. We did a lot of like weekend trips. In May, we did basically the entire month abroad. And that's when we went and visited Portugal and Southern France and Italy. And so that was a ton of fun. Then usually the summer, we like to kind of hunker down and stay home. We do some weekend trips. But most of the time, we're just living and hanging out at the lake house. Then in September, after summer was over, we had FinCon and we actually spent a couple of extra days. Another vacation we shared, Justin, having fun in Orlando at Universal Studios and at the conference itself where we get to reconnect with a bunch of our friends. Then in October, did another double tripper where in the beginning of October, that was the Christmas present from last year to my mom and brother. We went to Savannah, Georgia for a week. And then at the end of October, I left for Hawaii and we stayed there for six weeks. We just got back a couple of weeks ago. So I had a lot of travel. I don't even know how many weeks that is in total, but I think we probably traveled for like close to 20 weeks out of the 52 weeks out of the year, which is which is a lot. And a lot of those trips were like kind of short little spurts. And it was like a routine thrower offer, which Lauren and I are trying to intentionally do less of that next year. And hopefully we can do more of the slow travel where it's like at least two weeks, in one spot, and we can develop some semblance of a routine. And just to be transparent in terms of cost, I know that sounds like a ton of trips and it was, but And I mentioned I do pay a little bit more now to get like closer to the city center or if I'm on a snowboarding trip, I'll pay a little bit more to get closer to the mountain. I'll pay a little bit more for a nonstop versus a one stop or two stop flight just because it's convenient. It saves me time. But all in all, we spent I think it was just over 20 grand, which probably sounds like a huge number. But that was my biggest expense for the entire year, like more than my housing, more than my transportation. It was just this fat travel bill, which I will make that trade any day of the week. Like 
if worst case scenario, I lost all my income streams, I could stop traveling and that expense would go to zero next year. Now, obviously, I hope that doesn't happen, but at least something like travel gives me the flexibility, whereas a Lamborghini or a mansion doesn't yield you that same flexible, hey, you can either pay for this or you can't. When it's a fixed expense, you have no choice. So I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I don't have my normal Google sheet that's got every single place we went and every concert I went to, but I just went and quickly looked through the photos to give a little bit of some highlights. And January, we did this really cool trip to Big Bend, which is a national park in Texas. If you've never been, you should really check it out. February, got out to Colorado, and I think I hit like four different mountains skiing, which was a lot of fun. The back bowls at Vail are definitely my favorite. In March, we did the two weeks in Mexico and then went directly from there and did like a week and a half in Park City. The April, May was kind of wild because I did London. And then for those who may not remember, I flew to London. And then because of the way the flights were not being able to change them, I actually had to fly from London to Houston and then from Houston to Saudi Arabia for my Saudi Arabia trip, even though I was already halfway there when I was in London. So I got some some time in the plane, but I did to London, I did Saudi Arabia, did Bahrain, um, which are places that I would have never thought I was going to go. Um, and then I also went to Denver in May. In June, there's this music fest that we've been going to for the last couple of years. It's a lot of fun in Idaho. So I did that and then actually got to bounce over and do some really gorgeous hiking in the Saltus with a former guest of ours with Whitney Hansen. And then in July, I went back to Denver again. And then August, went to Chicago to visit a friend to a music fest. September, I finally got to bring one of my really good friends to Mississippi and give them the whole tour and did like a college football game and, and all the restaurants and stuff. And then we went down, did FinCon and Universal with you, Cody. In October, we had the huge music fest in Austin, which is ACL. And we ended up doing both weekends. In November, I went back to Denver yet again. I uh, should probably get me a second home there. <laughs> and uh, then we went up around Dallas and did this like bass fishing trip. So I actually got to, you know, pull something with a truck, which was fun. Got to take a big bass boat out there. And then here recently, we just got back from Cabo and now in Mississippi for Christmas and sprinkled out through the year are probably an insane amount of concerts. Like I go to way too many concerts, if you ask Leslie, but I go to a lot of concerts and we haven't done a ton of international stuff. Like, yes, yeah, Saudi Arabia was pretty wild, but we're okay with that because we know that in like 2024 is the year we we've got planned to be like kind of the travel you're talking about, Cody, where we're going somewhere for a month to a completely different part of the world and spending basically the entire year on the road across the globe. So we're okay keeping things a little domestic for right now. We're not in that huge rush. We've been talking a lot about patience. So we got that coming soon enough. See, this is the thing I just hate about the fire movement and all those stuck up guys and girls in it is you never do anything fun. You're just sitting there, <laughs> never going anywhere <laughs> like a hermit, never spending your money. But yeah, I mean, it's it's because our, our main expenses are so low. It's because we built this portfolio up to the size it is today. And I, I like what you said. It's like, if you're young listening to this, if you can grind it out for a couple of years, you no longer have to be like hyper frugal and like literally do nothing and never travel and never get nice things for yourself and never pay for luxury or convenience. You can totally do that. Just make sure you have your financial foundation kind of set in stone before you make all these money mistakes. And that's just what the typical person around the world in most developed countries does is like they just never build that financial base. And so they kind of start living the YOLO lifestyle right out of college at 22. They get that first big boy or big girl job and all of a sudden they have the fancy apartment in the car and they do travel and they spend it all on those like one week burst vacations I was talking about where you're just drinking and overeating the whole time. 
And at the end of the year, they have nothing to show for it. So you can totally have your cake and eat it too. Like the cake is the nest egg in this example. And you can totally take bites out of that cake and use that money that you've been building because you have this solid financial foundation. So I just think that's so important because so many people get a bad rep and you know people like that guy in the Mr. Money Mustache thread who is going at you saying the new truck was a bad purchase and he wouldn't approve. It's like, that's not what the fire movement's all about. It's about building a big financial cushion or cash flow or however you want to spin it so that you can go and live your best life, make decisions that make you happy, go and travel if you like travel, go and buy a nice car if you like nice cars, like whatever you like to do, that's what financial independence is for. It doesn't matter what like the general consensus about the movement is. And then just like throw a little bit of numbers on that. Like I've definitely had years where my spending for the year was insane, like 20 grand or whatever. But I purposely was like, hey, I've got my career in a good place. I've got a good income stream. I want to experiment. I want to see like, do these things really matter? And so I'm in a very expensive city within a state that has really expensive property taxes. I mean, we're talking eight, $900 a month in property taxes. I've got a brand new truck that I put $0 down on. Just talked about all the travel that we do. I'm obviously healthy. I'm not eating cardboard, whatever. And my expenses are about $3,500 a month. You know, it's like, this is literally the worst case scenario. I've got a brand new truck. I've got a full house payment with expensive property taxes. I'm not house hacking at all. All the things that, you know, you would think red flag, red flag, red flag. And my expenses are $3,500 a month. That's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to talk about one other thing that the fire movement gets bad rep is like we're money hoarders, like we're super stingy. I know both of us and I know I mentioned this before we hit record, I think, Justin, that I have this like giving back thing on my vision board. And I know you've been actually doing that a lot longer than I have. So kudos to you. You've been sponsoring Norma for God, I don't even know how many years. And we were lucky to meet up with her this year in Mexico. But I mean, that's something that both of us have now like kind of budgeted into part of our expenses. It's like we're donating to things that we believe in and don't really have a good point around this. It's just that like not every single person who retires early and is in the fire movement is like this hermit who is so stingy and so reclusive that they never have any fun and they're never fun to be around with because they don't want to spend a single dollar or give a single dollar towards something they care about. So that's something that this year I wanted to change. And so I signed up for it's a program called give well at the beginning of the year. They basically do like tens of thousands of hours of vetting for the best organizations, the best bang for your buck to save lives. And I just donate and this is kind of a big one at the beginning of the year, but I've been making more and more money. I donate $1,000 a month to give well, which is just like, it's literally a click of a button and it feels so good. Literally took one click and now I'm doing so much more than I was in previous years, even though probably not $1,000 a month because I wasn't at the income levels I'm at today, but I could have done something. And I just like every year I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna do it this year. All right, I'm gonna do it this year. But until I kind of like put it on, this is my goal. I really care about this. And I, I am a believer in giving back whatever resource that is, whether it's time or money or energy or whatever. And so that's something that's that's changed for me. Well, that's awesome to hear, Cody, that you found like that outlet. And I will say that out of any group of people, like if I tried to take sex of people from whatever reason, like, okay, these are all these people, you know, they do this thing or this thing. The financial independence space, if you go to like your FinCons and your whatever, you get around those people. I have never seen a group of people who care so much about like experience and spending money on travel and also giving back and like caring about the planet and that sort of thing. Like it's the complete opposite of what I think some people think the stereotype is. It's the most giving, the most like fun, like experience driven people I've ever been around. Yeah. Speaking of FinCon, actually, this was another one I had on my vision board was just like kind of getting a solid network. And 
I kind of have different friends for different reasons. Like I love my hometown friends, love my college friends, love my online business friends. They all serve different purposes, like depending on what I'm in the mood for. If I'm looking for like a super fun night out and recollecting on stories and just like sharing laughs and people who have known me for my entire life, like hometown friends are there for that. Like my college friends live with these guys for four years, some of them. And so we're like, we're super tight. And then like online business friends, it's kind of like the five people you surround yourself with. They're, they're bringing me up. They're always challenging me, people I'm talking to, like whether it's on the expense side or the income side or just trying different business ideas. That was something I was like a lot more intentional about this year was like making sure I kind of spent time with each pocket of friends that I needed at that point. So whatever I was looking for, I would really intentionally try to like, okay, I'm going to carve out this amount of hours or these days or these weeks to spend time with these friends for this specific purpose. And that's served me really, really well. And it's allowed me now we've been talking and reflecting a lot today. Like I'm healthier than I was at the end of 2021. I have more money than I did at the end of 2021. My relationships are better. I had more travel experiences. All in all, it's been a pretty net positive. And it was just turning on that little switch of intentionality instead of just like, oh, like, who am I going to hang out with this weekend? Or like, oh, like, what should I do on Tuesday? Or it was just planning things out a little bit more in advance with goals in mind. Yeah. And as far as that network goes and like friends go as someone who's lived in a lot of cities and is at an age now where like a lot of your friends are having kids or whatever, don't take it for granted. And also realize that with those relationships, like they deserve a little caring and feeding, like people aren't just always going to be there if you don't like put a little effort into those relationships. And it gets way harder to make friends the older you get and the more transient you become like those two things together make it hard to make friends. So when you do make good friends, you do make good relationships, you do make good connections, whether in business or personal life, put a little extra effort in there, reach out to people, even if they haven't reached out to you. All right. One last thing you mentioned relationships. And I I did mention this at the very beginning. So I just want to kind of shared what me and Lauren did, because I think it's really helped and strengthened our relationship. So the two things we did was we kind of rewrote down our list. And this was independent of one another, the 10 top things that mean the most to us. And so we write down our list, And then we kind of compare and contrast. And it was like spending time with each other. It was like travel. It was all these things. And this is going to be different for all of you listening and every couple out there. But look at your two lists and compare and contrast. And if you have a lot of stuff that's on the top of both of your lists, that's awesome. And you probably don't need too much work in that arena. If one person has drastically different things than the other person, maybe you guys can talk and come to common ground and kind of see where you spend more of your time and more of your resources. But that was just really eye-opening. Like I didn't realize one of the things on there was Lauren said she wished we just kind of hung out and did nothing more often, like whether it was not did nothing, but like went on a walk or just something mindless, just spending time with each other. Because I feel like for me, like I'm always trying to do some activity or I'm looking for like something to do. And she just wants that quality time. So that was that was a big eye opener. And like that list thing was really helpful. I think we had a couple of guests on the podcast who talked about that. And the other one was we actually read the five love languages book out loud to each other and like did the exercises at the end of each chapter. And got to learn a little bit more about like what we like in a relationship. We got to learn like which love languages each of us really resonates with. For those who haven't read the book, it's like physical touch, gift giving, quality time, words of affirmation and acts of service. And you know, you can kind of literally, you don't have to read the whole book. You can just Google that and kind of figure out which one you resonate the most with. But that was really helpful for us was kind of going through that exercise. It was almost like therapy for ourselves, just kind of planning out and mapping out what the next few years is going to look like. Like We could have just Ah, everything's pretty good. Like it's a seven out of 10, but you know, Lauren and I want that like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 relationship. So really spelling out exactly what we like in our relationship and what our expectations are going forward and where we want to spend our money, time and energy. That was really, really helpful for us. 
one of the things that me and Leslie did, and again, this is another one of Leslie's great ideas, was to start doing like a weekly date night where it alternated, where each person would choose and plan the whole day. Now, a lot of times it would be kind of surprise style, like the other person wouldn't know what we were doing, but it just gave us, again, some of that intentionality where every week we didn't just like let a week go by where we didn't give each other like that quality time. I mean, we live together, we work in the same house, we're constantly around each other, but sometimes it's not real quality time. That has definitely brought that in and, and, and made things like fresh and new and awesome. And as one of those date nights, it was actually one of the ones she planned. We do watch some trashy TV. I won't lie. And we watch uh, Love is Blind. And so in our bathroom, we have like a sliding barn door type doors, like where she was on one side and I was on the other and where we couldn't see each other. And we kind of talked to each other like we were going through that experiment from the TV show where we didn't really know each other. And we we ask each other questions as if, you know, some of the things as if we didn't even know the answer to and uh it was kind of a cool little like therapeutic experiment like it was kind of fun and there is something to when you're just like talking like that not being distracted by your phone or a tv or anything else and you're just sitting there talking so love these ideas and who knows maybe the five show is going to have a spinoff where we're like love doctors <laughs> i don't know about that i do have some ideas and i know we have like a 2023 goals episode that we're probably going to be recording in the next couple of weeks here and sharing I have a lot of ideas for the fire show. So maybe we should pull the listeners out there. If you guys are game to help us out and make the show even better. And maybe we can do not with like a love doctor, but maybe helping people through like their own scenario. Cause I feel like being able to look in with an outside perspective, sometimes you're like, yeah, like this is what I would do to increase the gap between your income and your expenses. Like that was easy. But like the person who's in that situation sometimes doesn't see that those options are available. So I don't know that was one idea I was toying around with. Maybe we can ask the listeners, see if that would be, cool and something they'd be interested in almost like kind of Dave Ramsey style, but next level because Dave Ramsey kind of sucks once you get out of debt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we could kind of be that next iteration or at least do some episodes like that. I don't know. No, I definitely love that idea. I love, uh, you know, any interaction we can get from the audience. Uh, we definitely always try to promote that. Like if you email us, like we'll talk to you, we'll reply, we'll interact depending on the situation. Like Cody was saying, maybe we could even do like little mini interview type things where you walk us through your specific situation and we can give some like tangible feedback what we would do and there's probably a good chance a lot of people listening are in the same boat all righty well that's definitely some food for thought we will pull all of you and see if this is a format that people would be interested in but hopefully i mean justin and i were just kind of spitballing talking about 2022 in reflection hopefully you get to reflect a little bit as you were listening and think back to some of the things that you accomplished this year or maybe it's something that you didn't quite accomplish this year and it can be a goal for 2023 and you could follow along as justin and i set our goals in the 2023 goals episode coming soon so as always thank you for listening the show would not be possible without you listeners and justin and i will be here for another year interview next year see you in 2023 Thank you again for taking the time to listen to another episode of The Fi Show. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, the best way to do that is to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, share this with a friend, and also don't forget, you can find 200 plus episodes and all the information you'd ever want to have about these episodes over at thefyshow.com. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button because that way every Wednesday you can have our latest episode delivered straight to your phone. Until next time. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to remind you that I have made my personal like budget and net worth tracking spreadsheet available, the very same one that I use to track my net worth from $38,000 to over $1.2 million, available for free on our website at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. So you can go download that today.
That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet.